hello. This is uh, iBook My News podcast. Uh, uh, today, our guest uh, uh, is uh, Katie Abbott, uh, Bookbinder. I might take you outside first to show you the location because it's a suite. This used to be, this is a muse. I don't know if you know muse. You know muse, the word oh. muse, M-E-W-S. It's a road that has cobbled streets and it's where stables used to be. Oh. Well, rich houses so the muse and used to be a stables in the probably from the end of the 1800s mm -hmm. what a dream <laughs> yeah so this is the stable doors this is beautiful yeah, it's a really nice neighborhood it's it's a sweet little place so we've been here since 2001, I think, and I share the studio with Tracy Rowledge, another bookbinder, mm -hmm. whose uh, specialism is gold, contemporary gold tooling. If you don't know her work, it's amazing, so you should look at her. Um, so, here's, this is Tracy's bench, and I've got some work here ready to show you. Mm -hmm. um, this is our finishing press. We have to have everything very well organized because it's so small. Um, this is my bench. Yep. And uh, nipping press. This was from my apprenticeship days. This this came with me from the bindery. I paid fifty pounds <laughs> for it. I was very happy with that. And with blotting paper and pressing boards. And then this is Tracy's old tooling cupboard with all her tools that she largely makes herself. Yep. And then. Some historical ones for our book conservation work. Yep. Many cardboard boxes to send work back to clients at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> we have to be very economic with the space. So we've got the laying press here. Okay. Big one. Yeah. And then the echo stone on top. So it's a pairing area. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. Um, well, that's that's why it's always uh, so interesting to see small workshops because you need to use use uh, space very efficiently, but you still have to do all the things that bookbinders do. So, uh, so the clamps hang on the side of the finishing cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, rolls of cloth and the offcuts of cloth, and then we've got a really lovely Shimonek board chopper, which we yeah. Um. So you, you call it board chopper? Board chopper, not board shear. No, board chopper. Uh, but so it's it's English way to, to call this. this board chopper, board cutter in England, I yeah. think. That, um, but board shear, it's when I met an American that said board shear, and I didn't know what she was talking about. What's a board shear? <laughs> so I learned that one. Well, some people call it guillotine, and it's just uh, always ma makes me mad because, well, guillotine is is absolutely different uh, device. <laughs> it works differently. Board chopper. We say chopper. Yeah. So we have some tools, and then work, and the rolls here. Okay. Plans, chests, work, and then the safe, the store work. Yeah. And books on bookbinding and the like, music, another laying press under here. This is the most used one that we drag out. And more plans, chests, blocking press, type trays. Yeah. Oh, they, they are nice. 
Yeah. The small ones, I, I always love to see them. Yeah, very nice. So it's very compact. We're, we, we are on every wall on this side and here, but we can't put anything on the walls this side because of the damp courses that that's, we can't drill into the walls. Mm -hmm. um, we have to make use of, of the space as best we can. So it's very small. Then I have another studio at the back. More, um, I, I like to do printmaking, so I've got, I've got another thing like that. I can take you there if you want to see that in a while. Um, up to you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's for, that's for, or, or if I need to airbrush or anything like that, I do it in the other space because you can't do it in here. We have we work on really expecting valuable things here sometimes, so uh, we can't have airbrushing going on. <laughs> No, so it's lucky we have another space. So there's three studios in this building mm -hmm. um, converted. So we have a sculptor who is here as well, and then Tracy and I, and Jen Lindsay, who's another bookbinder, my teacher at Roehampton. She, Tracy and I share the back one, and Tracy and I share the front one. Mm -hmm. So Tracy and I work as a business as well called Benchmark Bindery, where we that's our book conservation business. Um, when we left Quaritch, we that we carried on, and that's that's what we're called. Um, and then I work for myself as doing Islamic manuscripts and my own things, and then fine binding. And tomorrow's past, which is something else we probably ought to talk about, where conservation meets. Design binding. Currently. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I also wanted to ask you about that uh, project or how how to call it. Uh, but uh... yeah, it's a project. So this is Tennyson's work. And there's lots of poems, loads of poems. So you can't, and they're not all about the same theme. So I had to choose one, and there was one about the moon, and it called it "Old Pale Priestess." of the moon. So I responded to that. Oh Bosky Bosk. So it's a it's on handmade paper, deckled edges, and I've uh, gilded it. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah it doesn't fit. Camera gilded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's gilded with Kaplan, which is a palladium-based gold. So when you open it, the book, it's a full tree there. Yeah. Yeah. Or otherwise. And I, so at the doubloures and M papers, I decorated to try and be like the surface of the moon. Um, mm -hmm. So there's that one. And then it's got. Yeah. Yeah. And it's on a stub. So it's a stub binding. It's so it opens completely flat. Yeah. Is that one? Uh, it's all old work. This book is, this is quite jolly for me. <laughs> this one is, well. Yeah. This is um, poems and pieces, and this book was about um, spring and joy. So I 
I mm. want to make it joyous. And yeah. these, every single one of these is hand cut out and edge paired leather only. Every oh, wow. No, <laughs> no pants there. Every single one drawn and cut by hand and edge paired all the way around on every single one so they're smooth. This is so much work. I can feel your pain. Yeah. And you had to pick them up with tweezers and yeah. then just if you were dropping it, it would fly across the room. <laughs> really torturous. But yes, again, so it looks deceptively simple, but it, again, it's not. So if you if you look at no one of these extras are exactly the same because yeah. they're all hand cut out. Yeah. No oh, you, you, are, you are the inventor of your own tortures. Yeah, I quite like it. <laughs> I quite like the punishment. <laughs> and the box has, the box is very jolly, but it has a, it has a ribbon pool. So the original prospectus is inside there. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, this one is one I just put up on my website. My in oh sorry, on my Instagram yesterday, which is which is the comedy of error Shakespeare. I'm showing all of my Shakespeare bindings that have been a project. So it's just got two dots on the front and two dots on the back. But this grain of this leather is insane. Yeah, yeah. the grain is really uh, interesting. I love the grain. That's the other thing I really love is the materials we have the fortune to work with. Yeah. <gasps> My God. This, this also reminded me of the of the that green book you have on your website with uh, uh, an uncut uh, leather edge yes. uh, showing mm -hmm. above above the. <laughs> was one of the most difficult bindings I ever made because you've got two one full thickness only over the top of another leather but they've got to function on the joint and the board edges have to look the same so it was the most skillful pairing job I've ever done so this book has absolutely lunatic um, <laughs> illustrations by a woman called Isidore Seltzer and the typography changes all the time it's okay. it's really nuts what this has got to do with the comedy of errors i have no idea <laughs> she obviously got something from it but it's really yeah something something else <laughs> so This is gold-tooled, which is uh, sometimes I like, if it needs tooling, it needs, is tooled. Too. So this is mm -hmm. Walter de la Mer wing chariot, and it's one single line tool that's repeated. Yeah. Uh, and it's, the, the poem is one long poem about time. Oh, so th that, that's why they all have different number of uh, uh, lines. And it's time in someone's life and time as in time mm -hmm. um, the, the, and time in nature. So I wanted to create 
this thing that's kind of dandelion clockish clocks lines but repeating, repeating the design in the front and the back and again this is gilded on all three edges so do you usually make uh, uh, design bindings to keep them or to give them away or to sell them? How, how does it usually work for you? They sell. I just have, I have, well, some are for commission, some are by commission and some of just, I make them for my pleasure. That's mm -hmm. the way I like to work best of all, is to find a book that I like mm -hmm. and then someone buys it and buys it. Um, most of my work is all that way. Uh, yeah, I have some bindings, but I don't have many of them are sold now. Um, I just have a few, few left here um, that I haven't sold. And what do you think about the competitions? Yeah, I, I, I entered them when I was a student, and then I stopped entering them. And now I've started again. Um, I think it's really good to have this time focus thing uh, and that you have to make something to a deadline, to a project. Um, so I'm starting to come around to the idea, but that's taken quite a lot of years to come back to. <laughs> I think I felt I, I, maybe I didn't have still as confidence in my own work but now I feel it's all right I know who I am now I'm all right with myself <laughs> and nobody has to like it, it doesn't matter uh, have any of your design bindings entered public collections yes yes um, I've got one there's uh, in the British Library uh, the Boston Athenaeum um, I think that's all in public collections two public collections this book is this is a book called the Serena, and it's again a lovely grain, but with these slashes, and it's it's quite controversial because and they they are depressed the slashes. Am, am I right? Because I, I they're cut. Yeah. Okay. So this was not for the faint-hearted. When the book was completely bound, I had to take the scalpel at 45 degrees and fast go quick, 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 because I practiced cutting and the cut was jagged because yeah. of the grain. The leather is too, it was forcing the cut to be jagged. So I practiced and practiced many times, but this book was completely bound. And then I had to take the scalpel to it, to slash it because it's about the slave trade and it's about a mutiny and it's quite violent and uh, cutlasses and shipwreck um, and there's a lot of savagery. So I, I had to get this kind of savage cutting and you could only do that by frenetically cutting. So, yeah, it was, I had to take a deep breath <laughs> and you had to cut into it. You had to cut at a 45 degree angle into the board. Otherwise you would have an edge showing. So it yeah. was, again, it looks deceptively simple, but it was hard. And these have been hand decorated to get the shipwreck. Mm -hmm. 
Um, then I've scratched into the gilding. Okay, this is this is unusual. Make the kind of. You make it perfect first, and then you you scratch it. Well, this is this all definitely adds to the story of the book, and uh... yeah, yes. Again, you 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 reluctant to do all these things, but you, you needs must. But the book is a wonderful book. It's illustrated by an um, an illustrator, British illustrator called McKnight Corfer, and his illustrations are just wonderful. Mm -hmm. Got it up the right. Um, really beautiful printing. It's a non-such press book. So you see the the relationship with the colours. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. With, with the image, with the everything. Papers, yeah. Yeah. This kind of lilac is here. Set into the board, but it's. really lovely this but it's about the slave trade so it's controversial of its time the, the slaves make a mutiny they they do quite well but of course it never ends up well for them in the end but it, it looked like it might do but it didn't so and then it has a gray and pink box it, it was interesting to hear you speaking about how you left them, that you prepared yourself and that the moment itself was very expressive because uh, obviously Lucio Fontana's slashed can canvases are like yes. that. He was, yes. he, uh, he was uh, always uh, talking about how important this moment was, that he was preparing <laughs> to do it and then you only get one try. Exactly. If I had screwed it up, that would—that's the end of that binding. I would have had to start again. But it was—I was just, and I—I I, I started. I got—I did the first one, and then the phone rang, and someone was leaving a long message on the phone, and I was thinking, "Please be quiet." <laughs> I'm trying to—I'm trying to do this. Um, yeah. I just thought also I'd show you a vellum binding that I. I love vellum. I love working with vellum. This, yep. So this is a fine binding in vellum. And this is, this is poetry that's kind of neoclassical. So I chose a vellum that's very um, marbly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful grain. Again, gilded. This is gilded with gold. Mm -hmm. And the trace of the classic, but I like working with vellum. I enjoy vellum. I find it very beautiful. So that's those, and then I've got a couple of tomorrow's past ones here. Mm -hmm. but and we can talk about uh, a bit more about this project. <laughs> this. This book arrived to me. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> this book arrived to me in such a sorry state. Mm -hmm. It was one of my students' book where he brought, I had the worst bookbinding student in the world. Um, 
No, he wasn't in the world, but he was quite bad. He had enormous fingers. Probably each of my, two of my fingers were one of his. And he brought this book in its original Carter Rustica binding. Um, he bought it to me and he said, I want to take this binding off and put a nice case binding on it. Mm -hmm. I said, you, you can't do that. It's in its original binding. It's beautiful. Um, so in the end, I had to, I said, make a box for it because uh, I wouldn't let him repair it because I knew he was going to destroy it. Anyway, he did repair, he did uh, leave it alone and then he gave it to me. He said, if you'd like it so much, have it. So it was in a really bad state. Um, one of my friends is a Kintsugi restorer. And she studied in Japan at the art of Kintsugi where uh, for ceramics, if ceramics are broken or chipped instead of, repairing them invisibly they highlight the repairs with gold powder and lacquer yeah yep. this is a bit a bit uh, kitschy and bizarre i guess but i have this one there we, are. <laughs> we got we got it uh, so when we had our uh, honeymoon uh with, with my wife in 2010 uh we visited on the last day of our our honeymoon we visited disneyland in paris and uh, bought bought these uh, mugs for both of us and I, 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 uh, uh, I broke it uh, last year, like <laughs> nine years after we, we got married. And it st stayed for some time. And then I, I um, uh, remembered uh, or that this technique exists and I decided to try it. And uh, well, that's not, not the best try, but I'm, I'm quite happy that it's uh, functional <laughs> once again. <laughs> You've made it work. So I use those principles, so everywhere where my hand has been in, I have highlighted with gold, so you can see tiny elements of gold. Yeah. And completely sewn, these thongs are new. So this is a kind of play, because if I'd used white alum tour thongs as it was originally, they were rotten, yeah. they would have been white, so I stained them brown yeah. to make them just sit comfortably with me. But this again was a really, really, really difficult job that you just you would never realize in a million years how difficult it was. It was, I had to curve five needles to different angles to get into the binder because I had to sew the end papers are, are attached, around, hooked around the first and last end paper is hooked around the first and last section. Yeah. But I had to sew it. Yeah. And break the end paper and get the thong through. So I don't know if you'll be able to get your brain around that, but that was nigh on impossible <laughs> without breaking it. Yeah. Well, I didn't, but I had to curve five different needles to different angles to get in. And I had like a surgeon with my tweezers, my surgical <laughs> implements, my visor to get in. But because I had to get the thongs laced through and underneath the end paper and sew the last section in situ yeah. all at the same time, it's very difficult. But I mean, it opens really beautifully. So tomorrow's past is about um, taking books that are broken in some way or an element missing. And instead of making a pastiche binding, we make something that is... Um, about time, I'll talk to you a bit more about it. Mm -hmm. This is another sort of vellum binding. 
Uh, it's a play on Carmenterigi's cross structure, but it's I I pushed the structure a bit and made a reverse cross structure. Um, it's not the same as the way she does it. I've hidden how how they join together, but there's two pieces interlocking. Mm -hmm. And this book is from lovely typography, sixteen ninety one. Oh, this way. This yeah, way. yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm upside down. It's, it's, it's Dryden's. Dryden's, uh, uh Wow, wow, wow. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. The typography, look at that, wonderful. And so now it opens well, no strain on it. And it's in vellum. This is quite interesting because it's mouldy. See, it has it had mould stain. Uh -huh. I chose a vellum that was mouldy looking. <laughs> it looks mouldy, but it's just the markings of the vellum. So it just to sit. I mean, this could have always been on it. It doesn't look like a new. I don't think like a brand new binding on it. But it, it's sort of right, and it's we dry them in our hands, so they take on the undulations. I don't know if you can see that it's it's following the book how the printing is. Yeah, yeah. So it that's how. I just might, if I may, just explain a bit about tomorrow's podcast. Yes, yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I wanted to to. It's. it's it's a good thing to do it then. Because, because actually, without your explanation, and even with the explanation I could find online, it's really difficult to wrap your head around what you're yeah. trying to do. So what happened was, <coughs> we had been working in Quaritch, antiquarian book dealers, and we noticed that books going to book fairs and back and book traveling, they're really rough with books, booksellers. They're terrible. When they came back, the books that needed repair all the time were the leather ones, leather bindings in proper, proper solid, um, hard back bindings were the ones that needed repair. All the paper bindings, the vellum bindings, uh, original paper bindings will come back in mint condition, and these are not looked after. The booksellers are rough as you like with books, terrible with books, and they will come, always come back fine. So it was something we're thinking, why, why are we so obsessed with binding in formal hard binds if they're maybe not the best? So that was one conversation. And then, um, so very quickly, uh, we wanted to, we were quite interested in why people are obsessed with binding, rebinding old books in pastiche bindings. Why is that? Because throughout history, if a book from the 17th century was rebound in the 18th century, it was bound in the style of the 18th century of where they were and the architecture and the devices that were commonplace to them, the fashions, scroll top devices, you know, all the little intricate devices that were used throughout history and countries were, were present on the new binding. But after the industrial revolution, and the um, 19th century bindings of five raised bands, leather spine, marble paper on the sides, you know, all of that, that's become a fashion. 
And it's a pastiche of a pastiche. It's not even a genuine thing. It's not even a style of, it's a copy of a style that's gone before. So we, it's quite perplexing in a way, is why, why we keep doing it. And then our clients and book dealers think it's what makes a book a book, to have five raised bands, shiny leather, gold tooling. So we thought it'd be interesting to um, make a project where books that have lost their bindings, really broken, they've got a, they were in the junk boxes in antiquarian book dealers or junk shops, instead of rebinding them, rescuing them, but instead of rebinding them in a style that we think is of the style of, this, of the, the date they were printed in, or of, of a Victorian pastiche, is to bind them with who we are and the sensibilities of who we are. Because there's a question is, what are we ashamed of as bookbinders of now? Why can't we say who we are now? If an alien comes down and says, what were bookbinders of this kind of style, not design binding, what were they like? He wouldn't have a clue because it's the same style as 18th century, sorry, 19th century bookbinders. Who are they, these people? So. Carmencio Origi, one of our group, said it's like us walking around in Victorian crinoline dresses. We don't do it anymore. So why are we doing? Why are we doing this in bookbinding? And and it's the same sort of things with architecture. We have a lot of parallels with architecture. When you see um, historic buildings now, there's become a fashion to instead of making a fake pseudo bit of architecture, they make a modern glass bit on the side so it's really obvious what's new so this is what we were playing with so we tried to bind they have to be conservation bindings they've got to be fully reversible they have to use the original sewing holes we have to use all materials that are archival uh, but we have to bring something of ourselves in a quiet way uh, leaving the book at the foremost not your ego um, and make books that function beautifully because they're rather like old people and you've got to take care of them. So we try to make them comfortable, uh, open beautifully, and but with a sense of who we are now. We don't, we don't, not many of us have Victorian style drawing rooms with, with oak panelling on the walls. We might have Ikea furniture, um, white walls and and I don't think a red leather book with five raised bands is going to look so good on your shelf as a maybe a paper binding with decoration or gold or um, vellum or something like that so it's a project that we're all it's continuing it was only supposed to be for one exhibition but that was in 2003 and it's still continuing. Well that that's great and that's that's a really interesting concept and uh, it's it's it, it really well makes you think because uh yeah, it's it think uh as as far as i think it's 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 really strange that in many ways uh, bookbinding uh, had to freeze in in some sort and mm -hmm. uh, there are there are many innovative bookbinders we just recorded a video with uh, ben abel uh, yesterday <laughs> talking about his new tutorial and uh, uh, he loves it to innovate, and there are other bookbinders who uh, try new things. And uh, uh, but 
But there is this concept in the mass media that uh, bookbinding is as it was in the 19th and 18th century. And this doesn't help modern bookbinders at all. No, because that's what people think they want. Until yeah. you, you don't have to have that, you know, you don't have to. And you're, you, yeah, sorry. One of the biggest compliments to us was one of the really old people, one of the, not older, as, that had worked at Quaritch for the longest, really traditional, really English, very, he asked to have out a, a set of books bound in this way. So we thought if he can embrace it, anyone can embrace it. Yeah. But it's been met with anger. People have found it very controversial and we've had aggression. It makes a lot of people, especially English, because of the tradition, it it's something about it, it makes them angry. And we're not saying it's dogma, it's just an alternative. I still do rebacks and rebinds to style for my clients. I try to educate them, but if that's what they want, who am I to tell them what they want? But this is just another alternative and it's just a thing to make you think. The, question, it, the, the purpose of this project is to make people think. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what is beautiful uh, as far as I think about the modern times, uh, about what's happening now, that you can take from different eras, from different styles, from different approaches, you can mix it, you can uh, use the, the ideas separately, and uh, you shouldn't be uh, you know, punished for that. But unfortunately, there still are people who would try to punish you, who would get angry, who would uh, talk things and... Uh, well, we, we need to uh, leave it in the past, this, this angry stuff. <laughs> and that's why we're called tomorrow's past, because yeah. we're playing with the, yeah. the future, present and past all coming together. Um, and we're an international collective, so we come from all to, we don't see each other's work, we just have a project and they, we send the work for an exhibition and we see what we get. But so we have the cultural references of people's country that they live in and the history of their country, France, Italy. I think, I think we'd be glad to talk to some of your colleagues from this project in, on mm. our podcast because it's, yeah, it's great, you should. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Stefan, for your time. Pavel, uh, Pavel, do you have any more questions or we will just finish it? No, I think we can finish. It was it was illuminating and it was so nice to talk to you. You are, you are such a sweet person. You are so full of energy. Thank you so much. I'm very passionate about bookbinding and I will do anything in my power to preserve our wonderful craft and to propagate it, to send it forward. I think that's our job. I don't believe in secrets. I don't believe in keeping your secrets of how you do things. I share everything with my students because it's the only way our craft's going to survive if we well, share. That's that's what we're trying to do here as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. You can count us as your allies. That's our purpose. It's wonderful work, and and it's great because we're especially in these COVID times. We now realise that we we can be anywhere in the world, but we're close together. And it's, it's great to be able to share. Yeah. And important that we share. No book binding. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
thank you very much, Katie, for uh, being with us and uh, uh, talking about uh, your experience and your career and uh, showing us your projects and your workshop. I'm sure this will be inspiring for many people, for many young bookbinders as well, and uh, the people who only start doing, making books, maybe not only young bookbinders, some of them start uh, making books when they're quite old. So uh, this craft is open for everyone. Um, I'd like to say thanks to all of our listeners and viewers. If you haven't subscribed uh, yet, you can do that on our channel on YouTube, uh, or you can follow our podcast on iTunes, uh, uh, Google Podcasts, or uh, SoundClouds. And uh, many special thanks to our supporters on uh, Patreon. Uh, thanks to your uh, financial inputs. We are able to edit these uh, podcasts, and uh, this uh, means a lot to us. We're also planning to add uh, French co-hosts next year if we have enough money for that. So if you are considering supporting us on Patreon, please go uh, use the link below in the description and uh, add the, your pledge. Pledges start with only one euro, one dollar or one uh, pound. So it's not much, but it helps us a lot. Uh, many thanks to my co-hosts. And uh, see you next time. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>